0: Hey everyone, it's Matt
1: and I'm Kyle
0: and we're the casual tutors coming at you this week a little bit late than we normally are. Obviously, we've had some different things come up in our work lives that keep us away. So right off the bat, I just want to apologize for not getting an episode out what everybody expected. But hey, you know, we're still here. We're still kicking. We're keeping up on our discord. So if you were in there, you would know that, you know, we we're experiencing a little bit of a, a timing issue. But hey, we're back. And while we're kind of, you know, not on the subject of something magic related, I just want to give a big shout out and thank you to everyone. I slept on the 1500 plays, all-time plays tick, and we already shattered 1600. And I think we're, I don't know, without checking, I would say we're pretty close to 1700, if not also over that. So just amazing support. We appreciate it. And I just checked now we're at 1663. So get us there. 37 more, we're there. But, you know... Thanks again. Thanks for all the love, everyone. Please keep it up. Hit us up on our socials. We're pretty much everywhere at Casual Tutors. Uh, We have a TikTok and YouTube that I haven't touched for a little bit, but I promise I'm going to start trying to be better about that. Anyways, without further ado, Kyle and I are here. And this week, we're talking keywords. Our favorite keywords, some of the most popular keywords in magic, some different terminologies that, you know, kind of revolve around in the keyword world. And... Uh, You know, we're just trying to get things spicy Um, Obviously, we got new keywords every set. So this is a pretty extensive list and we're not going to cover everything Uh, If you guys already know what your favorite keyword is drop it down in you know The comment section hit us up on discord or whatever you got to do So without further ado, I think we need to break into some definitions real quick First one up is gonna be an evergreen keyword. Kyle. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah, so Evergreen keywords are basically keywords that we're going to see in every set, right? This is things like flying and trample and haste and menace. They're standard to the game. You expect to see them. They're not complicated. They're not, they don't do crazy things, but they're still, you know, uh, good enough to make a difference, good enough to be a keyword.
0: Your goal to how magic plays as a game. Some interesting ones that I didn't really ever attribute to being keywords, but they are and they fall into this evergreen territory is equip and enchant. Like There's two super basic things that we see in every set that are, in fact, keywords. So just kind of a little interesting tidbit there that I didn't know.
1: Fun little fact, too, about evergreen and the next one that we talk about, deciduous, is they only fall under the first three levels of uh, the storm scale, which is another thing that revolves around mechanics. Level 1 mechanics are considered evergreen mechanics, and level 2 and 3 are considered deciduous. Everything above that, all the way to level 11, are not in those categories.
0: So why not just roll right into deciduous? What is that?
1: So deciduous is keywords, keyword actions, or mechanics that are not evergreen, but they'll show up occasionally when a set needs it. You're thinking things like embalm and cat or like uh, maybe this might be a bad example, but like, uh, let's say heroic and Theros or something like that. Something that's more specific to a plane. We're definitely going to see it again. If we go to that plane or when we go to that plane, uh, but it's not, you're not going to see it every set.
0: So more likely to show up just not in every set, like a evergreen. Yep. So, you know, while we're still in this territory of not actually talking about keywords, just kind of talking about everything that encompasses them. Why don't you touch on the storm scale a little bit more?
1: Super simple. So the storm scale is really uh, really one through 10, and I'll get on that 11 in a second, but one through 10, it's a scale that Mark Rosewater put together, kind of scaling every single mechanic and keyword and magic based on whether it'll be 100 percent, definitely evergreens going to be reprinted all the way to the game's got to change for this to ever come back, basically. And then there is a single keyword with a level 11, which is banding width are bands with and it's the only keyword according to Watsy that will never be reprinted again
0: right which is kind of contrary to the entire storm list i know kyle kind of said the game would have to change to get some of these higher storm scale keywords back but in reality what it is is just the likelihood of those keywords to be printed into a standard set so obviously as you draw closer to 10 you're less likely to happen but it will happen uh sometime you know, it might be 100 sets from now, it might be 1,000 sets from now, but the probability is never zero except for in the one case of the 11.
1: Right, and in all honesty, I did say Watsy, but what I should say is, from my understanding, this is created by Mark Rosewater specifically as like a, like a, a brainchild of his, basically. It's not hmm. actually Watsy, so it doesn't actually hold any any ground, it's, it's likely to hold some ground, obviously, but it's not like Wizards of the Coast came out and said, nope, this is set in stone. This is how the scale works. Uh, and, it's
0: not another reserve list, essentially.
1: Exactly. And we see it all the time. I mean, 9 and 10 are both. 9 and 10 are both. Supposedly, they would require miracles and a change of the game. But, for example, Phyrexian Mana is a 9, and we just saw cards printed with Phyrexian Mana on them, so...
0: Yeah, all over, and obviously this doesn't preclude them from doing straight to modern sets and stuff like that because we saw a bunch of Storm, a bunch of Infinity, delve, all that kind of stuff printed in Modern Horizons 1 and 2. So that's just the... because, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, uh, yes, yeah, Matt's correct, uh, the Storm Scale is supposed to be specifically for the chances of them being printed in a standard set.
0: Yep, so now that we got kind of the, the groundwork laid out for everybody here, I think we should just start with some of our favorite keywords, and then we'll move into what Google says the 10 most popular were, and then kind of some from the past that, you know, I definitely hope never show up, but, you know, there's some interesting implications in those as well. Kyle, what's your most popular keyword?
1: Uh, so mine is monarch, which is probably one of the best keywords in magic in general. Um, In fact, there's been a lot of conversation in the past to add it as a part of commander because of how cool of a keyword it is. It inspires aggression. It helps pull back on some of those longer games we're used to. Um, But basically, it's if you become the monarch by some card that gives you the monarch, at that point, it's in the game. And any player can take the monarch from you through combat damage. It has to be specifically through combat damage and they have to specifically hit you. you. If you block, it's nothing. Um, Obviously, Trample gets past that. And the Monarch is just, if you're the Monarch, you draw a card at the end of your turn.
0: Yeah, easy enough. Kyle's right, especially in Commander, it definitely changes the pace of the games, it makes them more involved. Everyone wants that extra card draw. It, it's super interesting. It, it relates very well, like we started playing Plane Chase lately with the new Commander decks that came in March of the Machine, because obviously there's Plane Chase reprints in there, And that's another thing that's very similar to Monarch where it's this out of game effect that's, you know, driving and, you know, warping the game you're playing. And it it makes it, you know, one, I think it speeds up the games a lot. And two, it just makes them more interesting. So my favorite keyword, it might be a little bit basic because we see it a bunch of times. It's a super popular mechanic in Commander, but that's going to be landfall. My Lord Windgrave's deck was always probably my most favorite deck before I took it apart. I'm still itching to put Landfall back together. But basically what Landfall is, is whenever, you know, a land enters the battlefield, it's going to trigger some effect on whatever has Landfall on it. So, you know, you might be making a bunch of insects, you might be putting zombies out onto the battlefield, stuff like that. Landfall is one of those things where it's not evergreen, and we we see there's a ton of examples out there where obviously when we're on Zendikar or some Zendikar adjacent plane, we're getting landfall as a keyword, but everywhere else landfall exists in just errata and rules text. It doesn't actually say the war of landfall. It's just when a land enters the battlefield X, Y, and Z happens. But, you know, I don't think I have to explain too much the power level that landfall brings to your, you know, game plan and your deck. It's just, you know, Super impactful. There's a ton of different shenanigans that you can do to play multiple lands, bring them out and keep recycling your lands just to get huge effect. And, you know, big board states are awesome. I love them. And Landfall definitely contributes to that.
1: Yeah. And fun fact, uh, like Matt said, Landfall's not evergreen. Um, landfall is deciduous. Uh, it's a three on the Storm scale. Uh, it'll, it'll pop up in the sets that it makes sense in, like Zendikar. There are Landfall effects that will pop in up in... That will pop up in other sets, um, but it is technically not landfall unless it says landfall, which is something that you see with a lot of ETB effects specifically. Right. And Monarch's a 7.
0: Yeah, because no one likes it but you. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, so what would be your second favorite keyword?
1: You know, I think, I think with this, I'm going to have to go... Evergreen, actually, and say Menace, or as we call it, Menace, uh, just because I'm a, a big limited fan. Anything that has evasion, I, I really like, and I've won a lot of games with cards that don't seem that good, but just having that Menace is, is very, very useful in limited environments. My
0: other one is probably pretty basic, too. Uh, this is going to relate a lot to how I like playing Warhammer also, because in Warhammer... The game is divided into phases, similar to how magic is. And I like playing Warhammer in every phase. So that's, you know, command, movement, psychic, all that stuff. So similar to that, I like utilizing all my zones, all my phases and magic. And the mechanic that lets me do that most often is flashback. And if you don't know, a card with flashback allows you to cast it from your graveyard for its flashback costs. And then you exile it after it resolves or it gets countered or whatever basically just i don't specifically go out targeting flashback building decks around flashback although i think that would be pretty awesome uh for me it's just the inclusion of you know three or four cards with flashback in a deck that just give extra utility from the grave so to speak and you know i a lot of times you know not that i like gotcha moments and catching my opponents by surprise but they forget about waco's to your graveyard fairly often so flashing back some big effect or even just something as simple as drawing cards is usually pretty impactful to the games I play. So flashback is probably my number two.
1: Right. Well, just, I mean, graveyard recursion is so good. I mean, it's, uh, there's tons of flashback cards or what's the other mechanic that came out recently? Echo cards? Echo?
0: Echo is the one that it exiles and then you get to cast it from exile for free is that, so similar was, there's
1: there's there's a bunch of similar effects but there's there's a ton of flashback cards that see play in lots of different decks it's the reason why underworld breach is so popular the reason why snapcaster mage is so popular a lot of those those flashback style effects are are just really good so uh, definitely something to keep your eye out on if you're not playing a lot of those effects because obviously you know things like snapcaster mage are a little more expensive but there's there's a ton of options out there that have it stapled right onto it with flashback that are not that expensive.
0: And Snapcaster is actually on the downfall. Just saw the latest MTG stocks report, I think, on Friday. So, you know, it it is looking better on that front. I don't think Snapcaster, they have, they've not been afraid to reprint in the past. And I think it's a good target for them to keep hitting because everyone can use more snappies. Anyways, so Kyle and I kind of touched on a couple of our favorite ones. Uh, I want to touch on what Google says, and this is based on a TCG Player article, I guess, but the top 10 best keywords from Magic the Gathering. And just, I don't think this is in any particular order, just the top 10. It goes Storm, Affinity, Delve, Cascade, Haste, Infect, Flashback, and Trample. So I just want to let those 10 brew for a second. And aside from Haste and Trample, you know, the eight other keywords listed there all have something super similar in common and it's some kind of card advantage whether it's creating a crap ton of copies with storm it's you know letting you cash it for virtually free with affinity or it's putting stuff in your graveyard and getting stuff out of your graveyard all those kinds of things free cards from the top of your deck with cascade it's just pure card advantage and um i think it's pretty self-explanatory why those are considered the most powerful ones
1: so a couple uh, of interesting things about those ones specifically, there are Storm is the only 10 in that list.
0: Right, which is where the Storm scale derives its name from.
1: Right. Funny enough, Delve, as I'm looking through this, seems to be the second highest the eight.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. You want to guess what Affinity is?
0: I bet infinity is like a four.
1: It's a three, actually. I thought Affinity was oh. going to be higher so and and here's why it's a three it's because they break it down to affinity is a three affinity for artifacts specifically is an eight.
0: Oh, okay that makes sense and i didn't really think about that too much that affinity can apply to any card type really it's just the affinity with artifacts that's usually the issue
1: mm-hmm. yeah the the three major like like feels bad ones in that list are Cascade, Storm, and Delve, which are 10, 8, and 7.
0: Right. And I don't think necessarily Delve is up there for power level reasons, although there are a lot of powerful Delve cards, like don't get me wrong, Treasure Cruise, all that stuff. Super great. But I think Delve is up there just because it's just a convoluted mechanic in general. It it just adds an extra layer onto the game, similar to something like Escape. Uh, I don't know where Escape is
1: on the scale. You want to look that one up? Yeah, also, um, I'm terrible at reading and missed the fact that Infect is in that list. Infect is definitely a 9. Yep. So that's another high one. Escape's not too bad. Escape's a 6. Okay, so right there in the middle. I,
0: I consider Escape and Delve fairly similar. It's kind of like, I guess, the bastard child between Flashback and Delve. But anyways, it, it is super interesting kind of to see. It's also super interesting to see like the decks that do best in Modern are, you know, something that kind of takes advantage of something on this list. Like, all of them. Merc Tide was Delve. Affinity, obvious, is just infinity Artifacts deck. Storm, there's a few different decks out there, including one I play with Priest. I guess not too much Cascade and Flashback. It I think it just comes up occasionally, kind of like I mentioned why it's one of my favorites. Haste and Trample are obvious. Those are kind of just evergreen stapled on the random shit.
1: Yeah, but, well, you know. and getting to use... So the thing about Haste, too, that I think I think Haste, a lot of people mistakenly go, oh, you can attack, like, big deal. The thing with Haste that it's so good is activating abilities immediately.
0: Yeah, that that's a huge deal. And especially in something like Commander. Like, there's a lot of Commanders out there that just, they don't really do much. You you know, we, we always talk about tuning your Commander decks so that you're not running cards that you cast and do nothing. You want to cast and do something, even with your Commanders. And if they have haste naturally on them, they're just going to obviously be right at the top of that list of being able to be casted and doing something. So kind of some cards from Magic's past, or not cards, but keywords from Magic's past that I hope we never see again include things like banding and even phasing, even though phasing is a super powerful mechanic, and protection, regenerate, all these kinds of things are just... One, they're not they're already not used very often. Banding not at all. Phasing just occasionally, but you know, they just they add extra levels of confusion to the game, especially for new members who would never see it. I think obviously banding is the largest issue here. I don't even have a clear understanding of banding. I, I used to think about it a lot, especially when the mystery boosters came out and there was a card with banding in it. But I just don't care because it actually never really came up again since then. Phasing is another one. It's a static ability that modifies the rules of the untap step. So during each player's untap step, before the active player untaps permanents, all phased in permanents with phasing that player's control, quote unquote, phase out. And then simultaneously, all phased out permanents that it phased out under the player's control phase in. So you're you're blinking stuff back and forth. There's no ETBs, stuff like that don't trigger, but it's just a constantly unnecessarily evolving board state
1: one thing i want to talk about too with magic's past and keywords and kind of uh kind of fits into what you were saying is magic had the stint where they were printing a lot of mechanics and keywords that were very very isolated that only worked in certain situations the odds of them ever coming back or being useful again, even the cards that were printed are super slim because of the way they printed it. I'm talking about cards such as things like horsemanship and splice into arcane things that require that look towards other cards with similar mechanics and stuff that are only printed isolated in one set. Uh, the odds of seeing those again, especially in a standard set, um, are extremely slim. And uh, in my opinion, I, I, wouldn't want that (laughs) um i mean looking back there's there's a couple of decent fringe cases to play like a few splice into arcane cards but in all reality because that you're not playing them with that splice into arcane in in mind
0: right and you know horsemanship it is fun we we used to have a, a member of our local community that had a horsemanship deck mono blue uh, with the guy from portals the the asia deck that you know was just horsemanship come in and just kill everyone with commander damage because there's no other horsemanship cards that anybody ever plays with and i think you know it wasn't fun and it was cool at the same time just to see these old mechanics uh recently in the new march of the machines commander pre-con specifically the night one not only did they reprint eminence as the face commander of the deck which is a whole separate keyword <laughs> issue but there's a card in there that gives all other knights you control horsemanship and it has horsemanship yourself so you know it's just that funny situation when when it's completely unnecessary that deck plays super good by itself and just the horsemanship on top of it's ridiculous like we made a joke and i've seen this joke a few other places as well where your commander is flying on a griffin all of a sudden you play this knight that gives him a horse like he's going to get off his griffin and on his horse and somehow be better like that doesn't make any sense at all (laughs) but you know it's just one of those things that it they they rear their heads in ancillary products kind of like commander decks and modern decks and sometimes they're fun sometimes they're kind of ridiculous and, you know, I don't really understand the rhyme or reason why Wizards does some of these. They should just let them rest in unofficial retirement.
1: Yeah, um, it's, I, I mean, like like we talked about earlier, there's there's very fringe cases for everything. I can see things coming back for one reason or another, but it, it would have to be so very specific, and it would have to make just, like, the stars would have to align. It would have to it would have to be so logical for that plane that you couldn't not do it.
0: Yeah, kind of things like Bushido and uh, ninjutsu, stuff like that, where I don't know how many ninjas are bouncing across the plane of Dominaria, but it doesn't really make sense. But revisit Kamigawa, it's like the perfect place to have these kinds of mechanics.
1: Right. And speaking of that, speaking of ninjas specifically, I guess, uh, even though they never had one of these, I want to talk about one that would be cool to come back that they have not done in a long time. And that's uh, tribal mechanics. Okay. Yeah. Is I think I think tribal mechanics are super cool. I think it in my idea, I think that they should probably tweak it a little bit better, make it make it a little bit I don't know what they would do with it, but I, I, I really like the idea of having certain spells that are specific to like, you know fairies or something like that like obviously this spell makes more sense for a fairy to be doing so it's going to be specific to fairies i just like the um i guess what do you call that not the lore behind it but like like that the just the flavor the flavor of it yes
0: exactly i i would like to see that in tribes that really don't get much support you know those things that people really want to see out there but they have like 20 to 40 cards ever of that tribe like griffs or something like that, where they just some random ass tribal like sorceries. The biggest issue I see is like something that already exists is like goblin tribal and elf tribal stuff like that, where these tribes that already are you know renowned for having a ton of support, a ton of triggers when you cast a member of that tribe, stuff like that, just complicating it further would not be a good thing. So my hot take for this episode is going to be. A return of a mechanic that they needed that needs to occur, and that's anti. Obviously, nobody wants to lose the cards that they're playing with, but that's the perfect motivation. No one wants to lose their good cards. So you know what's gonna happen? Decks that have anti in them and people that are playing the anti mechanic often are gonna be running lower powered, less bomb-filled decks for the fear that you know they're gonna be antiing away one of their awesome cards. It's like the perfect balance scenario
1: (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that anti being one of the few tens in the storm scale
0: (laughs) right yeah it's something that they killed a long time ago but in the world where balances are becoming more obscure and not really balances at all where you know one thing gets nerfed to the ground and elevates something else to the moon like just be like okay yeah that's fine play those broken ass decks but if i beat you i'm going to take the most expensive card out of it Like fair is fair you beat me you take my most expensive card all of a sudden you're going to see these bombs like automatically get pulled out of decks and you know solve all the balance issues
1: that's a good point and that that would make it fun i i think the the problem with anti though is but and this is a this is a booster pack game right so we've had this conversation in the past is at what point are you like okay this is gambling you know and then there has to be some kind of conversation there.
0: Right. And I wouldn't necessarily call it gambling, but, you know, there's plenty of activities out there that kids have to pay for. They don't get anything out of. Like, that's how sports, all sports used to be that way. You used to have to, play to go pay to go play t-ball and, you know, your team sucked. You weren't going to get that trophy. Obviously, now we got participation trophies and it's less feels bad for kids. But, you know, I, I don't think there's an issue with people learning the hard way about, you know, the balance of their decks and the cards they're playing with.
1: No, I totally agree. And I think that, that there's definitely a conversation to be had there. I think the problem is, is, you know, people like us aren't in charge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm uh, in charge
1: of everything. Oh, that makes so much sense. This is my world. But, you know, it's, it's just like that. I mean, when it comes right down to it, it's gonna, it, it, it really depends on, what the higher ups think, what they are willing to risk. I mean, with, with Watsy, I mean, because uh, with something like that, see, I think the problem with bringing something like anti back is I think you're going to have backlash from it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're definitely not wrong. I would, I would take a fixed form of anti, like, you know, you're doing a pack or something like that. And that's, you know, I guess stores could run their events that way. And they they essentially kind of do like the more you score, the more packs, the higher. You know, the better you do, the more packs you get and the worse you do, the less packs you get, if any, because I know some stores are brutal like that, but I don't know. It, it's just something that's interesting that I don't necessarily see as an evil. It definitely be something, you know, it would take adjusting to to get some of that lash backlash out of the situation.
1: Yeah, I also, I, I also think it might be one of those things where it wouldn't be a bad idea to like, like the same things with the like playing infinity cards, playing silver bordered, or playing cards that are technically on the commander ban list, like have a conversation beforehand, you know, it's, it's something that could definitely be like a, like, Oh, Hey, you know, if you sit down at this table, we're actually playing, you know, antsy or whatever.
0: Yeah. Make it completely optional or just something silly. Like, you know, we're playing for a can of soda. Right. Like, right. It doesn't always shit like that. It doesn't have to be <laughs> magic cards, but you know, make people think twice I, I like the idea of it being magic cards because it makes them think twice about the deck they're playing and the cards they're putting into their deck mm-hmm. but at the same time you know whatever ultimately but anyways i pulled up banding because i said i don't have any idea what it does anymore So i'm just going to read what this website says banding does and just take it for its its word and basically it's as a player declares attackers they may declare that one or more attacking creatures with banding, and up to one attacking creature without banding, even if it has band with other, are all in a band. They may declare that one or more attacking quality creatures, I don't know what qualities in parentheses means here, with bands with others quality, and any other number of attacking quality creatures are in that band. A player may declare as many attacking bands as they want, but each creature may be a member of only one of them. Yeah, because that's not confusing. So essentially, it lumps all the creatures that are banded together as one attacker, as far as I know. So in practice, when a banded creature attacks, it teams up the creature that attacks the same opponent who can block all creatures in the band with just one creature. When the band is blocked, the attacking player chooses how damage is dealt to the defender's creature. The opposite happens when a banded creature blocks, giving the defending player the choice of how damage is dealt, which is a rule change. So. Like, not only are you changing how your attackers are attacking, but if you block with banding creatures, you're just fucking up how everything works in Magic already.
1: It's so, so like, confusing.
0: Good job banding, and essentially bands with is just tribal banding. It's like partner with. You know, you there's some invisible quality that these the bands with cards declare that you're only allowed to band creatures of that car that type that fit that quality. So yeah,
1: here's like another confusing part. Yeah, so if you're attacking with a band and let's say one of the creatures in the band has flying it says if a blocking creature can block any one creature in the band it can block the entire band
0: right so it makes other keywords essentially useless unless every creature in the band shares that keyword right which i think that's where the bandwidth comes in it'll be something like bands with flying stuff like that um i don't think there's a lot of examples of bands with let's see God, bands. um yeah it's ridiculous i don't think we actually need i'm gonna i'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole thank god banding's dead like no long live bandy fuck banding but you know protection is also on this list of one of these older mechanics that kind of rears its head i like protection i don't think it's nearly as complicated as people you know forced it to be and there is a simple acronym out there i don't really know it but essentially it just prevents all damage from that color can't be blocked by that color can't be targeted enchanted or equipped with something of that color and i you know essentially just think of it as protection from whatever quality that is protection from just it doesn't fuck with and then if some weird fucky situation comes along that's when you call a judge and you have them come over and explain it to you (laughs) but for the most part i don't think protection is really an issue like do you run into issues with protection
1: no no um i i don't think protection is as scary and bad as people think especially after reading something like banding i definitely don't think confusing as they tried (laughs) to say it was
0: yeah next to banding protection is definitely not an issue and that acronym is debt i remember now so it's damage enchanting slash equipping blocking and targeting like it's it's fairly simple and i think i hit it all just off the top of my head without remembering what debt was but you know, it's just another thing that apparently is super confusing out there. I don't even think protection is that absent from modern magic that it's hard for new players to understand either.
1: Well, and we got it back semi recently, which helped.
0: And it's been on all the swords and a commander's swords are always prevalent. Like it's just, I kind of think it's just always been here on some of the bombs and stuff like that.
1: The thing with protection too is, is it, it works very similar to things like shroud and hexproof where your board, wipes, uh, your board wipes are still getting through, right? If it doesn't target and it just says destroy or exile, it's still going to happen, just like with Hexproof or Shroud, you know, with any kind of non-targeting. I guess Ward uh, is a big one now, too.
0: Which is evergreen, and that's the newest evergreen, in fact.
1: Yes. Uh, Ward is probably one of the most powerful evergreen mechanics printed in a long time.
0: It's also one of those things that I'm far too nice about, because it literally says if they don't pay that on the cast, it is countered. And all the time, I'm like, oh, by the way, did you pay the two for ward? Oh, just take it back. Yeah, no, I should just be motherfucker. It's countered. Sorry, not sorry. If you're hearing this and you play me against magic, I no longer am giving takesy backsies on ward.
1: Pay attention to what cards say. I mean, it it is hard. It's 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 a little bit of you know. Make sure that you're very. Don't be sneaky with what your cards do, obviously, but it is up to your opponents to really, you know, if if you don't know what something is, just ask. If you don't know what something says, just ask, you know. Don't just be like, oh, well, they played it and didn't say anything, so it can't be that bad.
0: Yeah, especially if your opponents like me, and I literally will read the entire text box of every card I play out loud to everyone in the group, whether they're listening or not, Kyle, I will read it to everyone in the group. And if I say the word, ward, something afterwards, that's your warning. And that's your takesy backsies right there. This is personal
1: now. Oh, okay. I'm a still takesy backsie
0: Nope. All right. Anyways, I'm sure there's a bunch that Kyle and I miss. I, I mean, I actually know there's a bunch Kyle and I miss because there's like an infinitely long list of it's keywords. Actually, so before long. we do this, I want to talk about, Kyle, and I'll, I'll talk first. I'll give you a second to think about this. What new keyword from March of the Machine do you really enjoy? And for me, it's super easy answer. It's backup. One, you're putting a counter on something, including the creature itself with the backup keyword on it, if you want to. Two, you're giving that creature that gets the counter other abilities. Sometimes it's just keywords like flying and double strike and shit like that. Sometimes it's, you know, draw a card when this creature does damage. And I just think that's awesome. I love giving abilities to other creatures. Like it's always been one of my favorite mechanisms in magic. Like, Steel serif from brothers war that you know the beginning of combat you give something first strike lifelink or flying or whatever stuff like that i just eat up so backup love it and kyle what is yours i gave you 15 seconds
1: okay so i do have one for March of the machines so but i'm gonna cheat a little bit and i'll throw in i think my favorite new mechanic in recent years is ward i think ward is one of the best things that's ever i, I think it's one of the best mechanics that WotC has ever created for magic uh, the fact that it acts as a hex proof, but they can get around it for an extra cost, I think, is super healthy for the game.
0: Yeah, but um, we need we need one specifically for March of the Machine. Like, specifically
1: would... for March of the Machines, I think the invasions are my favorite. Oh, um, so the
0: new the new card type battle. Yeah, it, okay, battle. I'll accept it.
1: <laughs> I think they're cool. I think they're interesting. I think that it's the first new permanent we've seen on the battlefield since uh planeswalkers
0: right yeah Planeswalkers is the last one in like 2000 something
1: yeah that's that's crazy it's it's crazy that we haven't had a new permanent style in that long I'm, I'm curious as to what that means going forward i mean i guess there's a lot of that's why newer like board wipes and stuff are like exile all permanents rather than specific ones but it definitely it definitely changes the way you kind of may might look at these choose one cards yeah Uh, It also is interesting to me that you can uh, attack it directly. Um, So it acts, it does act similar to a planeswalker as in it can take damage, I guess not from you because you'd be playing it on your opponent, but uh, it's just, it's a very interesting mechanic. I I'm curious to see how they play. I'm curious to see how the invasion side actually does. Well, see if it does do well, see if it doesn't do well, see if the backside's on any of them are actually worth playing the invasion side. See if we might see any tricks that people figure out or fun stuff that they can do with them. I've already seen a couple of Reddit posts on building the five color battle decks. So I'm curious to see what happens.
0: Yeah, I know specifically the one that flips and gives you Convoke for all your spells is fucking sweet. Like all on board for that. My, My biggest hype for anything to do with battles though, is definitely the implications for future set. Specifically, and this is... I'm not buying any SEAL product ever again. I'm, like, done. Not even Commander product. But Lord of the Rings, giving us battle cards from Lord of the Rings lore, sounds epic. like, yes, please.
1: That would be incredible. And I forget that uh, the Invasion of New Phyrexia has Teferi on the back, so of course there's at least one good
0: battle. Right. Which... It's interesting. Is Battle for New Phyrexia legendary on the front?
1: I don't think any of the battles are legendary on the front.
0: Invasion of New Phyrexia is not legendary. So, if the front of your card isn't legendary, can it be your commander? If it has a legendary on the back? Well, I think the,
1: so. The legendary in the back is a planeswalker.
0: Right. That's also a good point. Can't be your commander. Huh. So, if this was Oathbreaker.
1: If this was Oathbreaker. I think the answer is no, because you can't uh, cast the Planeswalker side. It's,
0: I mean, with other, other modal double-faced cards, you can. So You can cast so, the front or the back from your command zone.
1: So, yes, but if you could specifically cast both sides, then I would say yes, but you can't cast both sides of this card. You can only cast the Invasion side. If you could only cast the Teferi side, oh, and then right, it right, right. flipped the, into the Invasion. invasion.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Either way, if this was Oathbreaker, I'd punch myself in the dick. That's the theme of this episode. Punching dicks.
1: Punching dicks. Keyword. Speaking of that, Matt, let's try to build Oathbreaker decks just for funsies. I am not. Let's I say no. It. Just one.
0: I don't, want, I don't have time to build the Commander decks I want. I'm definitely not building a deck I'm never going to touch.
1: Just play, build one Oathbreaker deck and I'll play it against you.
0: See, I also don't believe that because I don't think you even play Magic anymore.
1: I do. I just missed last week. Give me a fucking break.
0: Nope. I was there totally oh, ready yeah. to play you
1: yeah you were totally there
0: last wednesday <laughs> yep 100 percent.
1: not out in the middle of nowhere doing secret government things
0: i wasn't asleep in a government bunkhouse at 6 30 at night yeah.
1: no <laughs> oh my life sucks
0: anyways just kidding my life doesn't suck don't don't call any hotlines on me <laughs> i think that's I, i'm actually going to conclude the episode now instead of like i did before There is one last thing I do need to talk about, though, and that is how Kyle and I record this podcast and how I know you guys can do it, too, because it's so easy. Anyways, again, keep up the support. Hit us up on our socials pretty much everywhere at Casual Tutors. Check us out on TikTok. Give us some followers there. That'd be awesome. I would love to go live on TikTok for some weird fascination of mine. But, you know, Linktree down in the description has everything you could ever want to do with us uh you know join our discord hit us up we love talking with you guys and keep that support and love coming anyways i'm matt
1: and i'm kyle
0: and we're the casual tutors
1: thanks for listening